Welcome in. It's Beat the Clock. I'm Tanner Lambert alongside Tanner Mounts, the Big Mac, Brian McQuellen, and Anissa Gallo. Sean Tansky will presumably be joining us here shortly as we record this on Monday afternoon. It's a little bit of a bracket recap uh, from the selection Sunday yesterday, as well as some talk of the Big 12 tournament and the matchups for the Mountaineers. We're not going to wait to spoil it, but uh, the West Virginia women's team also made the tournament. We were a little worried after what happened on Friday in Kansas City at the Municipal Auditorium when they lost on that buzzer beater shot to the Oklahoma State Gargoyles. I felt like they were on the outside looking in. I think all of us felt that way, and we were uh, very excited to see last night that they made the field of 64. They will be in College Park on Friday afternoon for a noon tip-off, uh, and you will be able to catch that game right here on U92 The Moose with Tanner Mounts and Anissa Gallo live from College Park. It's an exciting week yet again for U92 The Moose. Uh, welcome in, everybody. I'm glad to see everybody's face. It feels like it's been about a month. Brian and I had a hell of a week in Kansas City as far as the travel goes, and I'm still recovering. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of traveling and sitting in the airport and all of that stuff. Thirty five hundred plus miles we traveled on Saturday in total. Long there was not a, there was not a lot of smiles either. Saturday there was like no smiling. <laughs> we didn't get to sit by each other on the plane. It was really funny. From Phoenix to Pittsburgh, we were both in window seats back to back to each other, and we were watching the Ohio State basketball game against Purdue. And we were passing our phones back and forth, talking to each other just by <laughs> texting. But since there was no Wi-Fi, we would just type in the box something and then he'd pick it up, delete it and send something back. To me. And then, you know, he was passing me some gummy worms yeah. and all this stuff. Dude, that was the it funniest. Was, the funniest one was when you text me, can I have a gummy worm? I, yeah. I, and I, then I, and then, but then he goes, hey, do you got a drink? And I passed it back my Diet Mountain Dew, man. It was brutal. It was brutal. Bad, We'd yeah. already been up for 12 hours and we were finally leaving Phoenix to go to Pittsburgh and we still had to make our way up to Columbus. It was awful. And the time difference, it said like, we left at 945, but we arrived at like 345 because of the time difference. So I'm like, I said to Tanner, Tanner, why do we have a six hour flight? And Tanner's like, Brian, you know, it's not a six hour flight because it was because just a time differential i was like it was it, my mind was everywhere uh it, it was a great trip you know anisa looks like she's a little disappointed um yeah not my finest moment it's okay you guys can all jump on here we're recording this yeah, way yeah. different today the audio quality is probably going to be terrible this is on like a zoom call because we're all back home for spring break but yeah uh so tanner and anisa both had really similar reactions to that statement i think so yeah uh, i mean it, it happens to the best of us. I'm not going to lie. You know, positive, positive you know, guy. I respect it, that. It happened. At least he's, you know, he's admitting his mistake. He's admitting, you know, it was something stupid. And he's he's learned from it, all right? He's, he's a smarter man because of it. Yeah. I, I was just confused because, you know, Kansas City is in a different time zone than Pittsburgh. And then um, Arizona is in a different time zone from both of those cities. So I was just really confused. And then That's how geography I, works, Brian. Thanks, Anissa. Let's keep, keep this positive. Okay. I'm, I'm, uh, okay. I'm just letting you know. know that's how geography let, works. Let me tell you the 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 best the best quote of the week from Brian. So Brian hasn't flown since first grade. And we we had to change our initial flight. We were supposed to go to Newark and then over to Kansas City on our way there. And we had to change it because of really awful weather in Newark. So we had to go to DC instead. And we get split up again when we're flying from Dulles out in DC over to Kansas City. And Brian winds up in the emergency exit row. And I get a text from him. He goes, Tanner, I'm scared. They said I'm going to have to help people. And I said, Brian, you're in the emergency exit row. You're only going to have to help anybody if the plane somehow crashes. It's you never know what could happen, though. 
Yeah, he was a little nervous. I said, Brian, if, if that if it comes to it, I'll come take your spot helping people. <laughs> if you're that no, nervous, I, about it's not it. that I, I was because I had my AirPods in, and then I just heard all of a sudden she asked me, she's like, um, "Are you capable of helping people?" And I was like, "I mean, yeah." <laughs> I was I just didn't know what she was talking about, and then uh, you know, I was like, "No, I'm I'm a people's person. Like I put people before myself. <laughs> so if that's what it takes, that's what I'll do." And it worked out pretty well. Yeah, all things we were safe. We landed. You know, it was a great landing. Um, it was a little rocky though. The first flight. Like, this is my first experience on a plane. Our first actual flight, we get on a thing, and things just tip in. And Tanner looks at me. He's like, yeah, this is not normal. So I was like, okay, <laughs> this is this is my first flight. And then, it, you know, it worked out pretty well. You know, we made it. And I just, you know, I think think uh, it was it was a great experience. And, you know, that, that's all I got to say. But, yeah. Okay. You guys got any more questions about Kansas City before we get into this? Uh, probably not. That can be answered on air. So. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> Well, I'll that's tell you, the, the, that's going to be a, um, an off recorded conversation. The, the oddest thing about the entire experience to me, and obviously as a guy who drinks, you know, a lot of Diet Coke, a lot of, a lot of carbonated beverages, the deal with a soda company that the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City had was with RC Cola, which is predominantly like a Pittsburgh, Cleveland kind of soda manufacturer. But uh, I was drinking Diet Right all weekend, uh, and I just had my first Diet Coke back again today, and God, it felt good. It felt <laughs> really good. Uh, it, it's also fun right now as we sit here to see everybody's background. We see Brian's room behind him. We see mm-hmm. Mount's – I don't know if that's Mount's football jersey. I don't know who that is hanging up there behind uh, Those are my two brothers. This is our basement. So you're not special enough to get yours hung up is what I hear? No, mine, <laughs> mine's over there. Mine's over there. Oh, okay, okay. Anissa, where, where, are we, where are we coming from for you? The kitchen. Okay. All right. Uh, sweet. I'm in the pinball machine basement, so I'm having a great time too. Oh, she's, yeah, she's pointing to the eat because for some reason Anissa doesn't feel like talking. I, was, I thought I unmuted myself, but she, I'm in my she, kitchen. She's pantomiming it all. I'm in my kitchen. Got the eat sign behind it. You have the beach signs here because yeah. we're on the water. So there's a lot of beach life stuff. Here. Anissa, Anissa just lives in a vacation house. It sounds like to no, me. No, literally is a vacation house. That's so nice. I wish. That is nice. It's not my actual house. It's a rental house. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah, because Anissa's moving and all that stuff. Big things. Anissa's gonna be a southern girl from Mississippi here soon. She's gonna yeah, sound like me, but- man. You know, that's she's going to mix her southern accent with the way she says water and all that stuff soon. I'm going to join a sorority. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You <laughs> I'm going to be stay, I'm going to be standing in the streets holding hands with the other girls doing yeah. dance. Anissa's is going to go back to high school to wear one of them big bows to homecoming and stuff. Uh, all that stuff. <laughs> you What's don't that? know about that? No. All right. Well, well that's I, I went to school with normal people. That, okay. All right. Whoa, you know what? Let's, not, let's not be mean to other people's traditions. Okay. <laughs> There's a reason for it. We can talk about it. I, we can all get educated a little bit. How's that sound? Okay. All right. We might need another adult on here like Sean Tansky soon. Um, so let's start on the men's side. The men will be in Birmingham playing the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, and that'll definitely be an interesting matchup to see. Um, I'll let Mounts get into the matchup a little more as far as the numbers go and the seating and 
If they are able to pull off the win against Maryland, it's presumably going to be Alabama in the second round in Birmingham, which is a tough, tough matchup, in my opinion, just as far as the location goes. I think West Virginia matches up a little well with Alabama, uh, albeit um, we know how good this Alabama team is. But we've also seen what they've played against, like against, you know, Oklahoma, a team West Virginia beat by 30, and that same Oklahoma team beat Alabama by 30. So that, that, that's definitely something to look at for me. But, uh, Mount, you can, you can start here with this matchup and what you're thinking. Uh, as far as the seeding goes, I think that if West Virginia could have beaten Kansas and Kansas City, they could have got all the way up to a sixth seed uh, if they won nothing more just because that's such a big win, um, in my opinion. But I, I, I don't know what you guys are thinking as far as that goes. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm not too upset with it. I actually had these two teams split. I had West Virginia as the eight, Maryland as the nine. Uh, doesn't really change too much, but you know I think for the Mountaineers playing Maryland is a good draw. Uh, obviously, you don't really like Birmingham or with Alabama around the corner. Uh, however, you know Maryland is a team that I think the Mountaineers match up fairly well with. A couple of things that stand out: uh, the Terrapins only average 11.5 assists per game, uh, which is 373rd in the country. So a lot of ISO being played from Maryland. They're more of a a team that likes to score uh, off of their defense. They get out and force turnovers and, you know, kind of do that thing. They're going to throw a bunch of different presses at West Virginia, a bunch of zones, all these different types of things, uh, which which I think falls into the hands of Bob Huggins. I think he, he likes that. He will be, you know, he is smart enough. He, he's obviously, you know, now the current winningest coach in college basketball. He's going to be able to get his team to figure those things out. Um, so, I mean, for the Mountaineers, you know, there is a little bit of a worry at times they've turned the ball over this year. Uh, and that's where Maryland really succeeds when you let Maryland, you know, if your guards can't handle the ball against Maryland, they get out and score. Uh, however, you know, they're not, they're not big. Uh, they really don't defend the paint that well. Um, and offensively they struggle to shoot the ball. They don't move the ball very well. And I think that will really play into the hands of the Mountaineers. And I could see them um, getting, getting hot and, you know, heading into the next round. Yeah, you know, and they've played some of their best basketball as of late. Obviously, that Kansas game wasn't great, but they won a couple games in a row. And the the final stretch for them was very, very tough. Third toughest in the country. They went seven and six, and then they won a tournament game against Texas Tech. You know, the goal this year was to make the tournament, and they did that. So right now you could say the season was uh, a success. Based off of how, you know, we felt coming into the year, I don't think any of us felt too great about this team. You know, I, I'm not a very optimistic guy ever. I always say, you guys know I say, uh, you, if you don't have hope, you can't be disappointed, right? And, and so, you know, that's the way I live. Um, part of that's just due to some of the other teams I like. But, you know, early on, I remember telling you guys, 0-5, Mounts, you thought they were done. And I said, you know, they, they have an opportunity here to still make the tournament because of how good this league is. And they were able to pull that out and do it. And I, I said to Luke Blaine on U92's The Mountaineer Sports Insider that – it was almost like that was their big 12 tournament, you know, the final 11 games of the year where they had to go at least above 500 to get in and they were able to do that. And, and so now I think you're facing a hot team that has some confidence. Uh, I, I don't know how much you saw of like the locker room videos after they were announced who they were playing and stuff, but you know, they were all like, all right, we're going to Birmingham. Let's go to work. You know, it wasn't celebrating just because they got in. No. Well, yeah. No. I think, Oh, yeah, you got it. Lisa. You got Sorry, it. Brian. I think no, one of the biggest problems with that Kansas game that they had is they just didn't look like they were in it. And I know that Huggins in the press conference afterwards, he was like, they didn't look 
good. Like, and you could obviously see they looked tired. It just wasn't coming together for them like it did in the previous night during that Texas Tech game. And I kind of think that's where they struggle with consistency. And obviously, like with March Madness, if they win against Maryland, they're going to have to go back to back with games and get, you know, insufficient rest time in between these games. So they're going to have to learn how to kind of play through that, I guess, long stretch, to put it in lack of better terms, long stretch of not being able to relax and reset. They need to learn how to go on the fly. And that's kind of what was their downfall of that Kansas game. Because yeah. they were in it for the most part, and then they just kind of faltered and everything fell apart. Yeah, they just missed a lot of shots at the end. They had it all the way down to four. Um, and the other thing, too, about that is, you know, the Big 12 on the men's side and the women's side, it's kind of similar, although not as closely matched. They play Saturday, Monday for the Big 12 schedule, and no other league has it that close. Yes, obviously, Monday to Saturday is a big break, but you're playing games a day apart, and a lot of the time you're traveling in between those. So, you know, this one will be kind of similar when you're in March Madness where you're playing a game not two days in a row usually, but, you know, a Friday, Sunday, or a Thursday, Saturday kind of slate. And so you still have that day break in the middle, but no travel. And so this is something that the team is definitely used to, I think. And that can be an advantage right now because as far as I can remember, the SEC is not on a Saturday, Monday. I think they're more of like a Saturday, Tuesday, or a Saturday, Wednesday even. And I know the Big Ten is Wednesday, Sunday. And so, like, some of these other leagues, they don't play the – basic back-to-back game where you play Saturday night and Monday night uh, with travel in between most of the time. Yeah. I mean, going back to what, uh, you know, talking about that Kansas game and whatnot. um, Well, kind of going back to the Texas tech game as well, like West Virginia in the first half of the Texas tech game, like it was a little sloppy. I know Tanner, obviously we were on the call and like, they were just not converting in transition, which I thought was a little bit of a problem. Like they would get out in the fast break, but either get, you know, blocked and, there was a couple of times I think Keedy took it to the rim and positions where he probably should have just dribbled it out. But I think, you know, the the Kansas game, I wasn't really pleased with their effort. Again, they might've just been tired, which I get, but you know, now it's a one game season. So that's not an excuse. Um, but on a, a positive note, I want to talk about the Texas tech game. The second half where they really pulled away in that game is because when the, the off ball movement was like through the roof, like there was a bunch of times Emmett Matthews cut, got a dunk. So I think, you know, when Mouse is talking about the Maryland matchup, Maryland's a team that does a lot of iso ball. And, you know, that's not really the key to success in college basketball. So I think the key for West Virginia is going to be off ball movement and moving the ball and, you know, getting Trey Mitchell in the rhythm, getting Eric Stevenson in the rhythm. Because as we said, when Emmett Matthews is one of the lengthier guys in the team on the team. So if you get him going to the rim, you know, he, he can just he can really he finishes well around the rim. So I think moving the moving the ball quickly and getting everyone involved is really what's going to you know get this win for the Mountaineers. Yeah. When you say, you know, the iso play, I, I have no worries about Kedrian Johnson or Joe Toussaint playing ISO defense either. Now, now yeah. kind of kind of going off of Maryland, the reason that they do ISO so much is they love to do two-man, like a two-man offense, you know, the pick and roll and expose matchups that they'd like. So, you know, if, you know, per, say Jimmy Bell is out on the floor, and, you know, I expect him, you know, this might not be a game that he gets many minutes with Maryland liking, you know, that pick and roll that pick and roll game, because if they can get him, that's what they will try to do is they will try to get their guard on a Jimmy bell, um, you know, on a, on a conclu, someone that struggles to guard out on the perimeter. And they're going to let Jameer young, I mean, he's averaging 16 points per game. He gets to the free throw line, a bunch shoots 83% there. That's what they try. Like their ISO game is, you know, not just letting one player go. They're going to put that, that, that two man pick and roll game and try to get matchups that they like. And then even down low, they'll pound the ball down low a little bit too. If they get a guard on a big, yeah, so, I mean, 
it's definitely an interesting matchup for sure. I think it's one they can win. And then I think they do match up well against Alabama. We will have analysis for you later in the week if they do win uh, about the upcoming game. We'll kind of do beat the clock that way this week. None of us are going to be waking up early, though, uh, unless we really want to beat the clock on Friday. You guys want to do a 6 a.m. start on Friday? Well, Nisa and I will be up early or decent that's early. That's true, yeah. Game. So that's a that's a heck of a transition by you. So. Um, <laughs> Good job, Mounts. Yeah, way, way to go, Mr. Mount. So and Tanner Mounts will be in College Park is the plan right now. It's not completely set in stone, but we're telling you it's on the way there. Uh, We've applied for all of the correct things. The plan is for them to go to College Park to call uh, West Virginia versus Arizona in the first round. And and to note really quickly, I know this is getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I was talking to uh, the executive producer of United 2, Mr. Alex Wiederspiel today, and he said, when is the last time? a program of men's and women's basketball wind up playing the same team in the tournament. Because if this West Virginia women's team can beat Arizona on Friday, they would play Maryland as well in college park. And so it's not the same round, but both teams would wind up playing Maryland, I think, which would be kind of an interesting, you know, thing to, to see. Uh, but we're, we're very excited uh, for the opportunity here this week for U92 to get out there and call some tournament action. So uh, congratulations to you guys, first and foremost, but, uh, also, congratulations to this West Virginia women's squad because it, it's definitely an achievement. Mm-hmm. First year under Don Plitzwhite, they make the NCAA tournament a, as a 10 seed. Uh, and I was I was kind of surprised to see it, to be completely honest with you. They gave one heck of an effort in that Oklahoma State game, but uh, it felt to me like they were on the outside looking in. Uh, I, I think the win against Baylor really helped solidify it, and, and I was still surprised. Every bracketologist had them as you know the next four out, not even in the first four out, and – Uh, To see them get in there, it's got to feel good for them. And and we hope good things for them. But uh, it'll start on Friday against Arizona, guys. Yeah, um, kind of going off that seeding thing. Like you said, they weren't projected uh, to be in the tournament. But the kind of feeling around it is why in the world is this team not projected in? Uh, You know, and you hear you heard them talking about that in the game. Everyone kind of felt that way about about this Mountaineer team is, okay. yeah, they're not projected to be in. But why is that? And I think most likely the committee, you know, looked at that and saw, okay, you know, this team might not supposed to be in, but there's so much doubt around that. And why is there so much doubt? And when you ask those questions, you can really find your answers when you look at what the Mountaineers have done down the stretch of this season. And then I think as well, you know, Brian kind of talked to me, uh, he sent me a message, you know, that 10 seed, how did they get that 10 seed? Because even with you know, where they were before they lost that game, they were sitting at one of the last four in where you thought they might be in that, in that first four round or an 11 seed, something of that nature. Uh, I think they truly gave the Mountaineers credit for that win or for that game, Uh, gave them the credit almost as a win because they led all but 0.1 seconds of that game. Yeah. It took, it took like a center, (laughs) that ball is a centimeter more towards the free throw line and it falls out the other way. The Mountaineers are still dancing, and, you know, you look at that as, okay, yeah, they really dominated that game. They had a tough stretch at the end, but for the most part, they dominated an Oklahoma State game. So, well, I mean, it just – Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, they were down 2 nothing to start, and, yeah, then they led from that point on. And, and, you know, the reason they lost that game, obviously that shot goes in. Obviously they had a foul to give. But they had another – they had two stretches in the second half of four-plus minutes with no scoring. And, and that's happened – too often this this year to this team, and it's a problem. 
Um, and, and so I'll, I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, Quinterly was cramping up, so she wasn't really hurt, which is definitely good to know. Um, and, but I mean, her and Maddie combined for 41 and 61 points. So you, you, you need to get some tertiary scoring going from somebody, whether that's Isis Bay, whether that's Jayla Hemingway, whether that's Kaya Watson, Kylie Blacks, and it could be any of those girls, but they have to be able to come in and help produce alongside Maddie and JJ. Maddie's got four straight games now with 20 plus points. Three or four of those are wins. And so I can guarantee you right now, too, that nobody's going to be playing harder than Madison Smith, uh, the all-time minutes leader now in West Virginia women's basketball history, who wants to go out uh, with, with something uh, of note. She does not want to lose here in the round of 64. The goal was to make it. They've made it, and now they're playing with some house money. She wants to go win some games in this tournament in advance in March. Um, and, and so uh, we'll see what happens there on Friday. But, yeah, that Oklahoma State game, it, it was, you know, the second half scoring. It, there just wasn't much of it at all. They came into the second half with a 10-point lead. And they had that 10-point lead. In the final five minutes, they scored two points. So – it's happened too often this year, and it got him again. So I, I, I don't know what that answer is, uh, but they're going to have to figure something out by Friday. Yeah, Ten, I want to mention it quickly. I know, you know, throughout the season, you know, JJ and Madison have been amazing. Like especially the Oklahoma State game, they both played really, really well. And obviously, JJ was injured for a little bit of it, but it's good to see that you know it's nothing serious. But one game-changing play when we, you know, we we're calling the game was when Danny Nichols hit that three with the yeah. shot clock expiring because they, we were, I think West Virginia was up by. I think what was it at halftime, eight or ten, yeah, or something like that. And then they they uh, Oklahoma State, I think, cut it to two, or had a chance to tie or whatever. And then there was one of those like just a lost possession, you know, not much was coming out of it. And then it was an inbounds play, with, like three seconds left. And then Danny Nichols hit that three, a shot, the shot clock expired, and then West Virginia went on another run, took another ten point lead. So you know, I think Danny Nichols can be that spark off the bench. And we talked about Isis Bay, you know. Um, and then another play Danny Nichols did earlier in the game was that fast break transition that stopped one of the other runs to Isis Bay for a lap. So that's what they're going to need more of. I, I think, um, you know, you have Sarah Bates, you have Isis Bay, Danny Nichols, a couple players off the bench. But the scoring, especially in March Madness, is definitely going to have to be more balanced because, as we saw, you know, 20 points from Madison Smith and what was it, 18 or whatever it was from J.J. Quinley is, is not always going to be enough to get you the win. So someone else is going to have to be that third score if they want to, you know, really make a run in March Madness. Yeah, we got nine minutes left here on this call before it's going to auto end. So we got to get some final thoughts here going on this episode of Beat the Clock, uh, remote spring break edition, whatever the heck you want to call it. Uh, so I'll take some final thoughts from everybody and we can finish this thing out. It's going to be an exciting week here at United 2. Both teams are dancing. Uh, it's always great to see that. Yeah. Um... You know, I'm going to try to get as much as I do a lot of March Madness research. I'll try to get as much of that out through New United 2 as I possibly can. You know, kind of talking about West Virginia, I'm going to go off um, and, you know, possible you know upsets. 10-7 isn't really a big deal, but I was kind of talking to Tanner about it. Watch out for Utah State. Uh, as a team, they shoot 40% from three, and they've taken the most. Uh, that's fourth in the country, but they've taken more than the top five uh, teams that shoot the three ball pretty well. So. A team like that, when they really get hot, really get going, uh, you know, as a 10 seed, they've been able to complement it with, you know, not bad defense. They also like to put the ball, uh, you know, in the paint, go through uh, some of their big guys that they have there. So really watch for Utah State. I think they're one at the 10 line that could find themselves even upsetting. I believe it would be uh, the two in the bottom, which is Arizona. I think that, you know, they're capable if they shoot pretty well, beating Arizona and find themselves in the second weekend. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I note too is 
in that quadrant that West Virginia is in on the men's side, there's only one other Big 12 team, and that is Baylor. Uh, so just something to watch out for, uh, another potential rematch of West Virginia and Baylor. Uh, I think that it's a benefit for every Big 12 team that they're not going to play a Big 12 team first in, in this bracket because uh, it'll be – I'm interested to see how they go and fare against the rest of the country because we know that it's the best league, so now can these teams go prove that they're some of the best in the country uh, in March Madness? Anissa, anything from you? Watching I, – so I watched that Oklahoma State game. And I watched the entire thing. You saw me and Brian's head the whole time. We looked. I did. Head. I actually did. We were matching in blue. I pointed it out to my parents. I was like, "Look, I said that down in the bottom left-hand corner. I said it's Tanner and Brian. I said they're calling the game right now." Um, <laughs> but no, like that last shot seriously broke my heart. Like I was really, really mad. Yeah. I was super mad. Actually, I wasn't even that mad. I was more upset because watching like Madison Smith get, you know kind of mobbed by her teammates because she was so upset like yeah and I even like I tweeted out I was like you know I'm mad like I'm going to sleep I don't want to even think about you know basketball or anything right now and I just knew that that's not how her career at West Virginia should have ended and I'm glad that that's not her last chance because if I know anything she's going to play her heart out like you guys were saying she's going to play her heart out on Friday and give it everything she has in order to not have that feeling again that one point loss because I feel like they could have stayed in the big 12 conference tournament. They could yeah. have, they could have gone a little bit further. Yeah. I think a matchup against Texas the next day would have been nice for them. Um, Brian, anything else from you real quick? Yeah, I'll make it quick. Uh, before I say something about West Virginia, I think in the men's bracket specifically, I think Penn state is going to be a team to watch. Jalen Pickett is as good. As I anybody, mean, they almost really. came back and won that big yeah. team. And they, they beat, uh, I think Indiana and Northwestern on their way to that Purdue game. So I just want to say that that's a team I think can make serious damage in March. And then about West Virginia, kind of building up what Anissa said, I'm really happy just as a fan to see, you know, Madison Smith specifically get another chance to finish her, you know, her really successful career in March and March Madison on that big stage. So that's going to be fun to watch. And then the men's too, I think they match up well with Maryland. It's going to be a fun game. And it's just going to be a fun weekend of basketball. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. With, that, with, that, with that Penn State, I think they match up so well with Texas A&M. And Penn State forces turnovers and they don't allow offensive rebounding. Uh, Texas A&M, very turnover prone and, uh, you know, not the best offensive rebounding or defensive rebounding team. I expect the Nittany Lions to really pull ahead in that one. Hey, my team's Miami. Uh, Jim Laranaga, baby. Let's go Canes. He's got a team down there. Nigel Pack, former Big 12 player. Uh, very, very good are the Miami Hurricanes at a five seed. I think there's a very good chance they come out of that side of the bracket, man. Uh, they get that first round matchup against Drake. Uh, and the one seed there is Houston, who I think is a bit fraudulent with their schedule that they played. They haven't really played that many tough teams as of late. So that's definitely interesting to see, too. Um, this was fun today. We'll have much more this week as we figure out how to record these a little better for you guys. But uh, we are all such good friends now and so in tune with it that we're talking every day, all day. We might as well record it and post it for you guys to listen to as well. So we'll have more for you this week, uh, but this will do it for the Monday spring break, break, beat the clock, whatever we're calling this edition uh, from U92. Thanks guys for getting on. Uh, I'm going to stop the recording here and we'll get this uploaded soon. So follow the U92 on Twitter and these will have content all week, more bracketology information from Mr. Tanner Mounts. And uh, I'm sure that there will be some fun stuff that we're going to talk about uh, throughout the rest of the week. So thanks for tuning in. Tuning in. Good Lord. This has been Beat the Clock.